from Relevant Magazine and RelevantMagazine.com, it's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, August 27th, 2010, and this is The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and if I sound better than usual, which you, which you do, it's because I have a brand new microphone. I'm very oh. excited. Oh, yeah. Look at yours. It's different than Yeah. Yours. Joining us here in our Orlando, Florida studios is the very lovely Maya Strang. Why can't we get new ones like that? Um, thanks for ignoring the intro. <laughs> uh, to her immediate left, Ryan Ham. Hi, everyone. This is my intro. <laughs> um, behind the wall of glass on the ones and twos, our producer, Chad Michael Snavely. I like my microphone just fine. <laughs> and on the Skype line, all the way from Virginia, with a, probably a little headset mic, Jesse <laughs> Carey. Yeah, my mic of choice is the Madonna. <laughs> it's, it's, it's flesh color too. I prefer so you, Unless you're looking really close You can't even tell it's there I prefer the, the worship pastor Yeah yeah. I have the flesh colored Mega church pastor <laughs> Is what I call it we, I was watching Christian TV The other night Like 1am on a Friday night You know mm-hmm. And Maya actually told me to stop Because it was making us all negative <laughs> um, I did But uh they, no matter what, I, we have DirecTV, and this, so there's like literally 18 Jesus channels mm-hmm. at the end down near the movies. And uh, no matter what channel we put it on, whoever was talking had one of those flesh colored Madonna ones. Oh, yeah. Like that looks like a big wart on your cheek. Mm-hmm. I didn't know why, like, all the Christian ones had that. Not even like preaching shows, like studio shows were wearing Yeah. Which is just unnecessary. It really is. How dare you? They're so cool. <laughs> they, I, like, they look like warts. You know what would be funny is if you had a Bluetooth that looked like that. And you could just walk around <laughs> your daily life like that, you know? Wait, are you saying you walk around in your daily life with a Bluetooth? I have two Bluetooths. No, <laughs> no I'm just kidding. But no, he actually I, it just has two teeth that are blue. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I really hate Bluetooths because, well, for a lot of reasons. But mainly... There's been there's literally been a couple times, and we may have talked about this on the podcast before, where I've gotten to like an elevator with someone, mm-hmm. and they start talking about something. I'm like, <laughs> why are you? And I'm and I and I'm not trying to be like rude, so I respond. You know, <laughs> I walked in an elevator one time in Dormant College, and the guy was like, "Yeah, man, uh, well, let's meet up. We'll try to study for that test." And I looked at him, and I was like, "Yeah, what what class do we have together?" And he looked at me like. You stupid idiot. Bluetooth, man. I got a Bluetooth. I appreciate uh, the Bluetooth uh, headset because it's an easy way to identify tools that are walking <laughs> the, yeah. so. the worst is in a movie theater That's when the little blinking say. blue light. I mean, it's like, it's like a little one pixel LED, <laughs> but it lights up the entire Movie area theater. in front yeah. of you. Yeah, really I always nice. want to be like, listen, are, are you Secret Service? Is the president here watching <laughs> this movie? What on earth do you need the Bluetooth for in the middle of a movie? You know? I, I will confess, I actually do have one. Why? Oh, for your well, uh, Chinese and, phone calls? No, do, no. Do, do you have a uh, Masa Miata? Too? <laughs> <laughs> the Bluetooth car of choice? Yes. In Chicago, in Chicago, it's against the law to drive talking on your cell phone no not no no it's illegal to drive you like talking gotcha. on your phone so you have to have some kind of hands-free or you're gonna take it 
I want to make like a kit for people that have Bluetooth. They get a gift card for infinite Frappuccinos. <laughs> they get a Miata and they get uh, a frosted hair dye kit. Ooh, and a pair of Oakleys. <laughs> <laughs> that they wear around their neck. Yeah. <laughs> backwards. Or, or, yeah, or backwards around yeah. their neck. That's good. <laughs> Oh. Somebody is there's wearing like three that right just, now. We just lost one of our listeners. Yeah, somebody <laughs> say, there's like three people right now. Like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> he's driving in his Miata with his iPod, <laughs> with his sunglasses backwards around his yeah. neck. <laughs> we have a fun, we have a fun episode lined up for you. Uh, later on, we look at the new issue of Relevant that's just now hitting mailboxes and newsstands nationwide. We bring in Roxy, our editorial director, for that. And we have a, a very special segment. Yes. Very special segment. Yay! And an NFL preview. Because we know that's why you tune into the relevant what, what? podcast. Where else are you going to get sports commentary? There are literally <laughs> no other options <laughs> to get well informed uh, commentary about an obscure sport like professional football. <laughs> I hear it's on the rise. It is. I hear good things. Pretty popular. This could be a good year. This yeah. could be a good year. All right, but first, uh, your entertainment releases. Music coming out on Tuesday, August 31st. Oh, man. The Goo Goo Dolls are coming out Hmm. with something for the rest of us. Man, I heard Slide on the radio last week. I went nuts. Yeah, Ryan, I was riding with you, and we sang along to every word. (laughs) Well, you were just cruising in the Miata. (laughs) Top down, baby. (laughs) So... You went nuts in a good way. Oh yeah, oh, that song totally has so nostalgic. much nostalgic, like yeah. memories. I okay. There, I have like maybe three bands that I abhor. Mm-hmm. One of them, Savage Garden. Yeah, of course. All well, right, but Goo Goo Dolls is right up there for me. Oh no, they represent everything that was bad musically about that era. Iris, Iris was oh epic. man, <clears throat> it made me cry in that movie when, <laughs> when, <laughs> when Nicholas when Nicholas Cage, Cage was died. the angel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, Goo Goo Dolls and Nicolas Cage in a movie. Okay, that's definitely a movie that what a guy that, with a City of Angels? Yeah, yeah, right. City of Angels. How many Bluetooths were in the audience when you saw Because that's an epic combo. That movie makes me think of an ex-girlfriend. Uh-oh. Oh, really? Uh, see, that, that's maybe, maybe why I hate maybe them. Maybe Meg Ryan. I liked Meg Ryan yeah. back then. Yeah. yeah. She was pretty. Yeah, she was. That was before she decided she had to take off all her clothes to become legit and then got gross. She did? Yeah, in the cut. I never saw and that. she goes no. like this with her lips. Well, she, yeah, she has plastic surgery. Yeah. Um, Anyways. Also coming out, The Weepies, Be My Thrill. Yo Gabba Gabba. <laughs> I put that in there just for I you. I appreciate that. I actually got excited when I saw it. Music <laughs> is awesome is the name of the album. Music is awesome. Featuring Weezer, Jimmy World, Hot Hot Heat, and others. We should get that on vinyl. We can Ooh. play it and dance around <laughs> the house. Music is awesome. Uh, heart is coming out with Red Velvet Car. Is this the 80s Heart? Uh, yeah. Wow. And uh, Philip Selway, uh, the drummer for Radiohead, is coming out with a solo project called Familia. So which bad, which girlfriend does that movie remind you of? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Movie release is coming out on Friday, <laughs> September 3rd. The American, starring George Clooney, uh, opens eh. September 1. We actually feature it in the new issue of Relevant, Slices. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, they don't feature the whole movie, but I mean, there's a big picture from the American. Oh. Going the Distance, starring Drew Barrymore, Justin Long, Jason Sudeikis. If that doesn't Christine have Cake Lundy. as the opening <laughs> song, I will be furious. <laughs> <laughs> and also opening Machete, starring Ooh. Danny Trejo, Robert De Niro, Jessica Alba, 
Michelle Rodriguez. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's based on the movie that from Grindhouse, like the preview. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Gotcha, yeah. All right, that'll do for your entertainment releases. Up next, Slices. You're listening to Tegan and Sarah. The song is On Directing. The video is playing right now on Relevant.tv. At the beginning of the podcast, I really like this microphone, by the way. I can do things really closely. That's the same microphone that Leon Phelps, the ladies' man, uses, if that's any... (laughs) Who? The ladies' man. Who? Leon Phelps, the ladies' ladies man? Sadly, camera does not have any Kavasia. Oh, Who? Man. Ladies Man from SNL? Sketch? Tim Meadows? Oh, Tim Meadows. Yeah. Ladies Man. The Ladies Man. Yeah. It was a movie, too. Yeah, it was a movie, too. Wow. He uses a EVR E20. Uh, Goo Goo Dolls was on the soundtrack. <laughs> 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 At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Arcade Fire. The song is Sprawl 2, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, it's playing right now on Relevant.fm. They are the featured band of the week several weeks ago, the featured band of the week this week. Sufjan, Sufjan who will be up later in the podcast. Yeah, sorry. Okay, time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, well, uh, Improv Everywhere has struck again. Uh, They are a group that does these sort of social pranks involving a lot of people. Um, You may have seen some of their other work. Um, What they do is they they get people, uh, they gather them online, and they call themselves agents. And the person behind the, the mission... Uh, tells them where to meet and what to dress and what the whole idea is. So, in the past, you know, they aren't really making these big social statements. They're just kind of messing with people. Uh, so, in the past, they've all, they've had like 150 people walk into a Best Buy wearing tucked in blue polo shirts and khakis <laughs> and just start kind of browsing around and wait, wait, offering help wait. to customers. That's wait, awesome. So they just flooded the store with people who look like Best Buy employees? Yeah, yeah, and they would start talking to people as if they were Best Buy employees. Oh, but hang on. They probably knew just as much as the Best Buy employees. <laughs> oh. <laughs> exactly. I swear, every time I go in there, I'm like, hey, where's this? They're like, oh, it's back there in this section. And they never know. Yeah, it's I would ridiculous. have just as much confidence with an improv everywhere agent installing mm-hmm. a car stereo as most Best Buy employees. <laughs> but uh, some of their other work is uh, there. Were, there were some big Abercrombie stores that uh, would have like live models with shirtless dudes in jeans, kind of standing really coolly at the front of the store. Uh-huh. Uh, and so they also had tons of guys wearing no shirts and jeans in all <laughs> different types of shapes. Uh, that weren't, necess- weren't necessarily someone you would mistake for an Abercrombie model, walk into an Abercrombie and stand around the store That's like that. That's awesome. Um, and so, so they do a lot of stuff like that. Uh, one of their, their pranks showed up on an episode of This American Life where they found a very obscure band that was on tour that had no record deal, was just out there living the dream, going to these little hole in the walls. They waited till the second night of a show in New York. So they figured, okay, no one's heard of this band. They don't even have an album. But if they're playing two nights 
in this tiny club in New York. You know, on the first night, any friends that they would have had would have come. Let's go on the second night. So in the weeks leading up, they brought a bunch of people to the show, packed it out, memorized all of the band's songs on MySpace, <laughs> made T-shirts for the band, and sung along with every song. And as soon as the set in, they just disappeared. And just, you know, pretty much the band just had their mind blown. <laughs> because no one's ever heard of them. They show up to a concert. It's packed and everyone, they don't even have an album. And everyone knows every word of the song. I think people ran up and danced on stage. So uh, they, uh, this past weekend, they uh, hit Coney Island. And what they did is they all wore very, very formal attire. Mm-hmm. Uh in tuxedos and evening gowns, but they didn't come together. So all of a sudden people are just hanging out at the beach and a couple of people in formal wear just start, <laughs> you know, showing up at the beach at different times. But they're not acting like they're wearing formal wear. They're swimming in the ocean, in the tuxes, they're laying out, making sand castles, and just not acknowledging that they're wearing tuxedos and evening gowns. Is, it, uh, is joining this troupe like secretly your dream? I would love it. Yeah. I want to be. I want to. I want to go on a mission. I want to be an agent on one of these because the people on the beach are like you know. They, the people in the tuxes were told not to tell. You know, like you, you just act like it's not a big thing. My favorite excuse that somebody gave was somebody said, "Why are all of you in formal wear?" And they said, "Well, I can't speak for everyone else, but I can tell you why I wear a tux to the beach." I'm sick and tired of Jersey Shore culture taking over our beaches. I'm trying to class it up a little. Jesse, um, is wearing a tux more or less dirty than wearing jeans while swimming? <laughs> um, I don't think anything's more dirty than jeans. <laughs> I would be much more comfortable in a beach full of uh, formally dressed people. I would almost feel like one of those like 1920s postcards. That's true. You know, mm-hmm. where women wore like those, they were pretty much like what you would see now, like a, as a business suit. <laughs> you know, it's like a power suit they used to wear to the beach with like an umbrella. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like that, I think. Okay, that's fair. So keep your eye out. If you're ever at a place and, and weird things start happening, it could be improv everywhere has struck near you. Or you're just at Ryan's house. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you see a Miata, a bunch of Miatas flying down the road with dudes in Bluetooth, there's probably just Ryan and his buddies hanging out. <laughs> Singing Goo Goo Dolls at yeah. the top of their lungs. <laughs> <laughs> totally. All right, what do you have? Um, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but not. Um, last year, obviously, the product of the year, I think we can all agree, was a Snuggie. Like that was last year. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was last year. It was a wait. I feel like it really took off. No, last no, no. Year, though. Last year is when they introduced the designer fabrics and they had the doggy snuggie last dog- year. The doggy snuggie last year. Doggy but snuggie. It was the year before right. that exploded. You're right. But Weezer had their own snuggie last year and they had the designer like leopard print and camouflage yeah. and all that stuff. You can get it in your like team colors yeah. too and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, this well, year. I mean, full disclosure, we're all wearing our snuggies right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I only, uh, I only do the I, podcast. I, I assume people just, that was understood. We yeah. use them for acoustic reasons. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds I, I just wear mine as soon as I get home from work. I just throw on my snuggie <laughs> for the next 15 hours. That's, <laughs> it's part of our dress code that we have to wear one to work. Yeah. It's true. Unfortunately, Ryan keeps wearing his pantsless. Yeah, and, um, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, well, it's really comfortable for all oh, of us. Right. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, I mean those snuggies are hot. You gotta, you gotta keep it cool somehow. Yeah. You gotta breathe. Yeah, it's yeah. true. They're like hospital gowns. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Anyway, so this year's product that could very easily rival the Snuggie for sheer awesomeness is known as the Snazzy Napper. <laughs> and if you haven't seen if you haven't seen the infomercial, I heartily encourage you to go like YouTube it right now. You said the Snazzy Napper. The Snazzy Napper. Okay. Basically, it looks like someone saw a video of the Taliban circa 2002 and was like that would be awesome in different colors and it would help me nap because it looks like a burqa except it has like a um it has a just a nose hole and then <laughs> the eyes and then the eye covering is padded and it's supposed to be Shut so you up. can block oh out gosh. light anywhere <gasps> anywhere you are so like the infomercial has all these people like sitting in a car like squirming uncomfortably and then they put the snazzy napper on and they fall asleep nicely that's oh, horrible like, <laughs> like on airplanes yeah and- yeah. You're just asking for somebody to mess with you if you have one of those. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, I mean, honestly, then, of course, immediately my dream became I want to be riding the subway somewhere and see someone wearing <laughs> a snazzy I think this sounds like the next improv everywhere prank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone shows up somewhere wearing snazzy nappers. <laughs> and they're just milling around. They're not laying down. They're doing it all wrong. Yeah. And I appreciate that they're bringing back the word snazzy, too. Yeah. That's nice. Well, so. Two Zs. And, and reemphasizing the importance of nappers. Yes, yeah. I do wow. love my naps. Can I just say every nap I take is a snazzy nap? <laughs> yeah, because well, they come in different sizes. There's like the veil, which no. just, which yeah. just goes down to your to your shoulders. That's but then there's like I would assume yeah. that that person is a burn victim. <laughs> they may very well be. Maybe they have to nap a lot. <laughs> and then you get you can get an extra large one, which is more of a blanket on yeah. top of you. Oh, they I can't to wait make, to see someone in they that. They need to make the life. snazzy snuggy because oh. that would be the the ultimate in comfort. Isn't that just a tent with no poles <laughs> <laughs> and a nose hole? Uh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot the nose yeah, hole. Yeah. Don't forget the nose hole. It's very important. People gotta breathe. Wow. All right, Maya. Um, okay. So this past week, I went to Gatorland with Cohen. Met yes. some girlfriends there. And so I just thought... A, a little girl's day out. Little Let's girl's day out went to Gatorland. Gatorland. <laughs> it's only $10 for fluorescence this month, so... It's it still was, odd Yeah. that all the ladies went to Gatorland together. Well, all their kids are like two and up, and, oh, and uh, mine was 10 months, so he could, he just kind of sat there. As, <laughs> as of yesterday. As of yesterday. Hmm. Anyway, so I went there, so it, I just have gators on my mind, and that's like... They're like my worst fear. I don't like to get in the water, even though we have a boat here. So... Um, I saw this uh, article. Apparently, uh, gators, alligators, and crocodiles have been spotted in Chicago and New York City this summer. Hmm. And they recently took an 18-inch uh, alligator, which is small, out of a New York, Queens neighborhood um, in Astoria, out of a, strain, a storm drain. And then there's been some in the, chi- in the Chicago uh, rivers. Let's see. Is that a, a yeah. River? yeah, that's the, the river that goes down. Is that the main, yeah. the yeah, main the one main through one. the whole thing? Okay. Yeah. So they've t- they took like a two-foot one out of there. And and so people are like, is this like urban legends or true or whatnot? And they they say it's mostly, most likely uh, pets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People who get pets. In New York, you're not supposed to have an alligator as a pet, but apparently in other states you can have alligators as pets. And then they just, it's like the big snakes that we have down here. Why would here. you have an alligator as a pet? I don't know. Well, I mean, the problem is going to correct itself in the middle of the Chicago winter. Yeah. I mean... True. Yeah. They're That's not gonna, true. They're not going to last. But down here, a lot of the families in South Florida got like boa constrictors That's and stuff, and they got too big, and uh, they would just drive out to the Everglades and dump them, and uh, now they're literally 30 to 60 feet long and yeah. 
killing all the yeah, ecosystem, messing up the ecosystem out there. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think the real risk for New York, though, is that if one of these alligators gets in contact with the ooze. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. And then becomes Leatherface. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Or, just... or uh, Bebop and Rocksteady. Well, right. But obviously, <laughs> I mean, hopefully no rhinos or boars are wandering the sewers. Well, sure, it starts know. with alligators. Yeah. That's, That's what true. I'm saying. That's true. What What are you talking about? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, okay. Because Leather never got into it. No, Leatherface was the crocodile character. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even know there was one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was. I think he was. He started out nice, but then he wasn't. I I got. <laughs> I think I was a couple Chase years too old for Teenage Mutant. Mm. My brother was into. Yeah, I, I was right in the target. I mean, it was. It, I was all about it, man. My mom didn't like it, but um, <laughs> why is that? They're mutants because it was violent. Um, she didn't like it, she but she hates mutants. <laughs> she hates talking rats. Yeah, let's be honest, right? Does she hates mutants or she hates ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> she, because um, to me, both of that is a pretty bad thing to hate. Well, the uh, thing was, is my best friend loved them, and his parents were cool with it. Was he a little Austrian boy? No, he was not. He was oh. from he was from Atlanta. Oh. Um, but he loved them. So anytime I would go over to his house, we would just watch Ninja Turtles. So by the time my mom like formed an opinion, I'd already seen every episode. Um, so by then so, it was kind of a losing battle. So um, was that was that when you were overseas? Yeah, yeah. Did you ever wear so, lederhosen? Uh, my parents never made me wear lederhosen. Oh, no. That's See, sad. that's the thing about Europeans; they're so nonviolent. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, in Britain, actually, this is an interesting story because in Britain, uh, they deemed the word ninja too violent. So what? yeah, so really? the British version of Teenage Mutant so, Ninja so you, Turtles. So are you not allowed to say like, well, what's the penalty for me saying ninja? <laughs> well, I think it's okay as long <laughs> as long as you're not like addressing a bunch of children in a you know obvious marketing ploy. But I they, wouldn't even know how to talk to children if I couldn't. <laughs> but so they they called it Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Stop it! Yeah. Wow. And the the mutant theme heroes. Song, yeah, yeah, so it's like Teenage Mutant mm-hmm. Hero Turtles because it was in a British accent when they recorded Turtles the song. Yeah, Turtle Power. So, it, it, you know, you know, politically correct political correctness has gone too far when they take away ninjas. It's true. Wouldn't the world be a better place if there were no ninjas? I, don't I would hate to see what the world would be <laughs> without ninjas. To be honest. How did we get on that? What benefit will we have to not having ninjas? Yeah, who's going to fight the mutant uh, sewer crocodiles if we don't have ninjas? Exactly, if we don't have ninja power. So So deal with that in New York. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next... You're listening to Sufjan Stevens, which goes perfectly with that NFL theme song that we <laughs> went in with. Uh, the song is Heirloom. It's playing right now on Relevant.fm. Tune in. He is the feature artist of the week, of course. We actually have a couple songs playing by him. Um, okay, it's time for the debut edition of Jesse Carey's NFL preview. Wow. Take it away, That's folks. That's right. That's right. And I got to tell you, Cameron, I was partly inspired by a post on your Facebook page uh, recently. Hmm. 
where you said that this is the year that you are going to pick an NFL team to follow closely and support. That's true. I, I uh, for, for context, grew up in the South, SEC fan, big University of Florida fan. Florida, the state, is a college football state. Our pro team's stadiums are 60,000. Our college team stadiums are 100,000. So the uh, I never really got into NFL. Orlando doesn't have a team. I, I don't like Tampa. Miami was... Well, well coach was there. Coaches. Pro oh, yeah. Football the Sharks. The Sharks. That's right. Yes. The Sharks, yeah. <laughs> so I was really into that team, the expansion Sharks <laughs> franchise. With, with offensive coordinator Jerry Van Dyke. Right, of course. Uh, anyway, so I never got into it. and so, But I married into an NFL family. Maya's, Maya's from Minnesota. Their family's huge Vikings fans. I just, but I, Sundays bore me. I'm a Saturday guy. Mm-hmm. I, I get up and watch college game day. Yeah. I, I read about it. So I thought, this is something I just, I need, I need to break through. I need to care about the NFL. I've tried a couple of times half-heartedly. This year, I'm going to do it. So we got NFL Sunday ticket. So we have all the games. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tebow is now with the Broncos. So yes. it gives me reason to just pay attention to the Broncos. Mm-hmm. And it's orange we and blue. want to excuse Ryan from this conversation. He likes NFL. He's going to say something mean about Tebow. Oh, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so so orange and blue, okay. For orange and blue reasons, also kind of like the Bears. Hmm. I was a fan of the Super Bowl shuffle back in the day. It's true. Okay. Been watching the Hard Knock thing on HBO, uh, following the the Jets. Jets. Mm -hmm. Fascinating, kind of liking the Jets now. And I have a friend who works high up with the Dolphins. Hmm. So we would have access to the owner's suite at the Dolphins games if we were want to go down there. So I'm you know open-minded to that. Maya loves the Vikings, and I love Percy Harvin. So open-minded to that. In fact, Percy Harvin tweeted me last night. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I, hit him, I saw him tweet something, so I hit him back. I said, hey, are you doing all right? Like, you know, us Florida fans were concerned, you know. And he hit me back, and he's like, yeah, man, I'm really all good for real. Oh, that's nice. That's awesome. You know, he's from Virginia Beach. He's a big star down here. Yeah. Yeah. Percy. So there you go. Anyway, so so Jesse, I am I am waiting with bated breath for your NFL preview because I don't know what direction to go, and the season is upon us. Well, I'm glad you asked that question because I figured you know, hey, maybe there's some more people out there like you that you 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 like sports, you like the game of football, but actually, National Football League, you know, you haven't really got into before. This is the year. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about a couple interesting storylines because here's the thing about the NFL that I love basketball. Basketball is my favorite sport. I love to play it, love to watch it. But there's one thing that NFL has that no other professional sport has. Every Sunday is a soap opera. You watch it. You love the games. You love the big hits. It's fun. It's fun. But there's no other sport that has the week-to-week drama and the personalities that the NFL has. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, the WWE? <laughs> <laughs> the NFL essentially become that. And that's why it's awesome. So... So I'm going to talk about uh, a couple of the, uh, who to look for in the different divisions and maybe in your area, but also a couple of the storylines. So, hey, one uh, question: What team does Cuba Gooding Jr. play for now? 
Cuba Gooding Jr. is on a UFL team, <laughs> gotcha. and he's the he's the water boy. Gotcha. Okay, uh, he's uh, doing the radio thing now. What's sad is that actually wouldn't surprise me if that's what Cuba Gooding Jr. was doing <laughs> after after Snow Dogs. Yeah, he I tried to like, do family comedies. For I feel a while. like he owes it. To Somebody everyone. in his management company said, "I bet he could do comedy." Yeah, and he doesn't have a humorous bone in his body. <laughs> I it, it's it's weird to think that that guy won an Academy Award. I know. It really is. And now he's the comic guy in the Haynes commercials. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Mm. The, the, and you're using comic very loosely <laughs> in that context. Um, so uh, I'm going to start off uh, in the AFC East. Uh, I'm a big New York Jets fan, but there's a lot of rivalries going on there. Uh, you got the, the New England Patriots, uh, the Bills, and the Dolphins. If you're a Bills fan, uh, you might want to find a new team because an <laughs> SEC right. team in college football could beat them. But they had Terrell Owens last year, right? And yeah. he left and went to Cle- Cleveland? Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah. Cincinnati. And that's an interesting story there because you ha- now have two of the biggest divas in the NFL, Terrell Owens and Chad uh, Ochocinco, his legal, new legal last name, <laughs> uh, are calling themselves Batman and Robin. Oh, and uh, Who's Robin? they have a combined age of, I think, 70. So, um, <laughs> yeah, they should be Batman which, and Batman. Which, yeah, for, for, for wide receivers... Uh, that's that's pretty old. So yeah. it'll be fun watching to see if they can if they're not going to kill each other. What's funny the is they probably both think they're the Batman and the other ones yeah. the Robins. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. 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 So uh, it, it, they both also have back to back reality shows that air on VH1. So <laughs> true. if you don't get enough on Sunday for the love of Ocho. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ocho of love. Um, <laughs> But out of the AFC East, I'm a big New York Jets fan, but I'm I'm saying this unbiasedly. They're going to come out of that division, number one. And Cameron, you said you watched, you've been watching Hard Knocks. Yeah, it's fascinating. What, what has been your draw to the Jets this year? Well, I like Rex Ryan. He's one of these, uh, you know, he just says what he means, and he's he doesn't put up any pretenses and foul mouth, but the man knows football and he has respect of his players and... It's just, it's just fascinating to see the inner workings of an NFL franchise. And, and one little, uh, the subtext there is their rival, their division rivals, New England Patriots. And basically, he is the exact opposite of Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is a quiet, soulless, heartless, <laughs> funless man. Well, you know what's funny about the New England Patriots, and I don't follow the NFL very closely, but I know this, like locally here in Florida, the, the sports writers are calling them the, the New England Gators because they've drafted so many Florida Gators players. Mm-hmm. And it turns out Bill Belichick shows up at a lot of Florida events, like, like basketball games, football games, because he and Urban Meyer are incredibly close. Hmm. And so he knows the team and the program at a very close level, and so ends up drafting a lot of the players that come out of the UF system. And that's why Tom Brady's backup this year is Danny Werfel. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, on to the AFC North. I'm going to take, uh, that's with the Ravens, the Steelers, the Bengals, and the Browns. We talked about the drama with the Bengals. I got to go with the Ravens here this year. They got Joe Flacco, mm. good young quarterback. They just picked up Anquan Bolden. Uh, an interesting side note there. It's going to be a good rivalry with the Jets because Rex Ryan was the defensive coordinator for the Ravens. So the so. guy who shot the guy, is he still on the team? Ray Lewis? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's is down he there. Is he still playing? He's still playing. He's How's old. he not in jail? He's old. He's a defensive player. You want them to shoot someone on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was in Atlanta the weekend that he shot the guy. 
in around really? the Super Bowl weekend. How did he get away with that? I mean, I it's know. like it's like if your receiver shoots someone, like that's a problem, or shoots their own leg. Right, right, right. <laughs> but like, if you're you know, if your linebacker shoots someone, you're like, all right, I like his attitude. I mean, like seriously, one dude shoots his own foot, nobody else in jail. Yeah, right. This dude shot another guy. I think killed, killed him. him. Yeah. Didn't Not in to, jail. Didn't he go to jail for a year? No. Mm-hmm. Did he? Ray Lewis? No. I, I think he was acquitted or something. Oh. He was acquitted. Just happened to be the states that they... Well, it was the same thing with Dante Stallworth, the receiver who was uh, driving drunk and killed a guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he he only he went to jail for 30 days, and he's back in the league now. Oh, my goodness. Right. Oh, yeah. And, um, and also, like, I read a GQ story about Marvin Harrison, and apparently, like, he's under a cloud of suspicion. Yeah, he uh, he was involved someone. in some kind of shooting. But if you've seen his mustache before, <laughs> it's not really surprising that he has a criminal past. Well, that's, that, well I have a t-shirt. Uh, guns don't kill people. People with mustaches kill people. <laughs> it's, yeah, they should just outlaw the mustache in the league, and that would <laughs> clean out a lot of the riffraff. <laughs> It'd be way snazzier. Yeah. Well... Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up the AFC here in, in the AFC South the Titans Texans Jaguars and Colts it's pretty much a lock on the Colts um, the, the who cares division yeah exactly I mean the Titans <laughs> they have Chris Johnson the running back who basically imagine if imagine Little Wayne in football pads and that's what Chris Johnson looks like <laughs> uh, he has the sickest grill in the NFL. I have a question. Solid gold. I have a legit question about the NFL. This okay. is one of the things I don't understand. In the NBA, there's a correlation that a lot of the, the best, strongest, most athletic stars in college succeed in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is inc- Except for the European players that come over, it is incredibly rare that an NBA star was not a star kind of for the last decade, right. you know, even coming into the league. Yeah. I don't follow the NFL, but... I don't know 90% of the names in the NFL. I, I follow college football like crazy. Mm-hmm. I know, I mean, the top 20, I mean, in right. the SEC very, very thoroughly. I've never heard of Chris Johnson. I've never heard yeah. of a lot of these right. guys who are breakout dominant stars in the NFL. And I don't understand that. Most of well, it's I, systems. Yeah. Like Nebraska, I mean, I'm a Nebraska fan, so I follow them obviously really closely, but they hardly ever have anyone succeed in the NFL because they run like they run such a different system than most pro teams run. Why would any why would any blue chip recruit go to Nebraska then? I mean, cuz to make a living, you got to go well, to the NFL. Well, that that's why UCS is always good. In quarterbacks, uh, the, you yeah. know, they run their style of offense. They're known as a school that you go to if you want to go to the NFL. Reggie Bush, um, you know, uh, Mark Sanchez, Carson Palmer. Um, you know, there's a whole list of quarterbacks that uh, started at UCS and went on. There's some programs, like Ryan was saying, that breed people for the NFL, and that's why they want to go there. Right. But that's not always suited to the college style. Right. You know what I mean? But it seems it just seems like a lot of these guys who become like dominant, you know, Pro Bowl players went to like Fresno State, and right? Appalachian well, State, and it's like, how in the world were they not dominant in college? Right. I mean, a lot of it's recruiting because like Nebraska will recruit for their system, not necessarily who is the best. Um, so like, 
you know, a player like Mark Sanchez would have done terribly at Nebraska because he didn't fit into the system. But a Nebraska quarterback who probably isn't getting recruited very highly at other schools is going to do really well in Nebraska system because he has a certain skill set. But he's probably not going to go on to the pros, and he knows that. Like, I remember we had a quarterback in, like, the late 90s who actually went into the NFL as a safety because he was really strong. Yeah, yeah and, that's the other thing I don't understand. They yeah. were talking about, you know, Tebow playing a defensive position at one point. Yeah, you or know. tight end at one point, yeah. too. Yeah. It's like, so they totally disregard, basically, the college game. They look at them as physical specimens right. and then plug them in to their systems. Yeah. Like, exactly. The NBA doesn't do that. You're a point guard in college, you're a point guard in the pros. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, it's just interesting to me that that literally if you, I mean, if you're a college football fan and you tune in the NFL, like I'm going to have a really hard time on my fantasy draft because I just don't know these names. Yeah. Like yeah. I could be a college basketball fan and play an NBA fantasy league and you would remember yeah. like, oh, he was great at Kansas. Right. So he was great at... Except you would always pick a Duke player and then get screwed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. What's your NFC picks? Okay, uh, well, closing out the AFC West, I got I got it coming down to San Diego and Denver, and I do think Tebow, I'm saying by week five, is going to be the starter. No way. Really? No way. <laughs> they just extended Orton, and that would be terrible. None of us want to see I, Tebow playing anything other than special packages for three years. He has to sit under the system for a while. It, it, they they spent a first-round draft pick. As soon as Orton has shown before, uh, he has meltdowns. Yeah. It, 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 once Orton starts his meltdown, he's never he's not going to recoup. They just, he's going to start sewing picks. They just extended Orton another year with a guarantee of five point five million. They didn't they didn't do that to bench him. I mean, I, I think that they're going to ride this through, bring Tebow in for mix it up packages, and then groom him in time. I think that the offense they're going to run is going to be like the offense that you University of Florida ran mm-hmm. with Chris Leak as the quarterback. And just Tebow's freshman year, we won the championship, mm-hmm. and and they brought in Tebow on short short yardage situations. It was t- it mixed up the defense, and then that gets him used to the pace, the timing, getting hit, right? You know, and then they just grooming him under the system for two or three years before they throw him out there as a starter. They, it would be it would be terrible and ruin him as a player if they threw him out there by week five. All right, real quick, NFC. I got uh, Dallas coming out of the East. Um, in the north, I'm going to take the Vikings. I think the old man Brett Favre is going to do it again. Uh, I think I think New Orleans still has uh, a lot of good pieces. I don't think Lightning's <laughs> going to strike twice. You know, they're gamblers. Sean Payton doing those onside kicks and gadget plays. All right. So, who's your Super Bowl picks, Jesse? My picks it's going to be the New York Jets against the Dallas Cowboys, and the Jets are going to win. Wow. Mm. It's bold. There's it's a bold. little it's bit of homerism right there. I don't think Sanchez can take him all the way. Yeah. I think he gets him real close, but it's Sanchez. He needs a, he I needs, think he's their weak link. He yeah. needs to, a couple more years. And if your quarterback's your weak link, ultimate, one at one pivotal moment, you're going to get tripped up. Yeah, I'm yeah. just happy that football's back. <laughs> That's right. That. <laughs> Thank goodness. All right. Well, that'll do it for Jesse's uh, NFL preview. Stay tuned. Up next... We look at the new issue of Relevant Magazine. listening to Wild Nothing. The song is Chinatown. Down in Chinatown, Chinatown. 
That's Rocket Town. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it's playing right now. The video is playing right now on Relevant.tv. For this very special segment, which we like to call a look inside the brand new issue of Relevant, we welcome our illustrious editorial director, Roxanne Weeman. Illustrious. Hello, everyone. Uh, the new issue of Relevant releases uh, September 1st, I guess. So this is a Next l- week. Usually, this week. Usually we're a week or two late this time. We're actually on time. Uh, I've seen it in Barnes & Noble, so some... Uh, some stores are releasing it early, I guess. They just can't wait. They're chomping at the bit. It's true. It's, uh, it's the fall, fall TV season, so our cover story looks at TV. And uh, it's, a, it's an art form that, you know, we put a lot of uh, effort and time looking critically in, at the spiritual aspects of music, even film. And, and we realized that we actually really haven't covered TV very much mm-hmm. as a magazine. And that's probably what... You're watching the most of. Yeah, it is how we spend most of our entertainment time. Even if we don't admit it. Yeah. (laughs) So we thought, well, is there anything worth talking about on TV? So we went looking and we we found uh, some shows that we love that challenge us. And we thought it would be really cool to, uh, since it's fall TV season, uh, devote our cover to looking at kind of five shows that stand out from the pack that are kind of redeeming television, saving TV, we like to call it. And so we did that. Gracing the cover is uh, a very recognizable face. If you watch Friday Night Lights, uh, Kyle Chandler, who plays Coach Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a show that's entering its last season, mm-hmm. its fifth season, and really was, um, it, it's really done one of the best jobs that I personally have seen uh, in, in de- uh, depicting faith, everyday life uh, on a TV show without mm-hmm. making Christians look like crazy bigots. Right. Or Seventh Heaven. Right. Um, it's it's set in rural Texas, and it's actually not about football. Right. Only sort of. It's just a backdrop. Yeah. I think it's a context. It's the only show that's ever made me cry. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Aww. Like numerous times. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. the only show where when Maya and I watch it, we will look at each other halfway through the show and go, this is so good. <laughs> it's just one of those shows. Well, I mean, uh, Brett McCracken wrote the piece, and I think really brings out um, just how good and nuanced the show is um and how it like a lot of tv shows tend to gloss or sort of um show the characters as pretty one-dimensional usually good or bad um and i mean you can see that on most any show especially like all the like cop procedurals and stuff it's always like like, cops yeah exactly it's always like it's always like the squeaky clean good guys who like you know maybe we'll have one episode like alcohol addiction or something um you know trying to find the bad guys and put them away but friday night lights is really good because it's like every character has a little bit of a flaw and they're just human enough but you can tell like the main two characters coach and tammy taylor like their marriage is amazing and um it's like a great example of a marriage and then the basic morality behind the entire show is fantastic. They are the modern day Rob and Laura Petrie. Yes, they are. And and the mad uh um uh, mad about you couple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a really interesting I read an interview with them like cuz they they actually wrapped the show. They're done filming. Yeah. Um even though it hasn't aired yet and I read an interesting interview with them where they were saying that um while they were while they were filming they said that any time the show was written so they were um you know having a really happy time in their marriage they would always look for the fight underneath things mm. and anytime the show mm. had them fighting a lot they would look for the happy like love moments in a marriage because they said that's and their experience that's the best parts of marriage is when you can have those kind of two like those two seeming opposites in one 
in you one concur? place. That's so. interesting. I'm not married, but I would hope so. <laughs> um, another show that gets a lot of emphasis, uh, it might be an unexpected choice for a Christian worldview magazine to uh, say is saving TV, and that's Mad Men. Here's a clip. Teddy told me that in Greek, nostalgia literally means the pain from an old wound. It's a twinge in your heart, far more powerful than memory alone. This device isn't a spaceship. It's a time machine. It lets us travel the way a child travels. Around and around, and back home again, to a place where we know we are loved. Mad Men has so uh, entrenched itself in the culture of our staff that we actually now have Mad Men Mondays and people come in dressed <laughs> yes. as, as people from the show. And we drink scotch and smoke cigarettes. <laughs> Chad, that's why you don't have a mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think a bunch of us are fans of Mad Men and um, for various reasons, but I think a lot of it is, again, just the nuance and subtlety of this show. Um, and also, it, it is a very beautiful show, like just the cinematography and the framing of it as you watch it you just like every moment is almost like this intentional painting or something and um but anyway the characters are incredibly complicated and none of them are perfect or even good some of the time and yet they're placing them in these incredible situations where you see you see the the consequences of their actions and you see them wrestling with that and you see them sometimes trying to be better and sometimes trying to just run away. And, um, those are very authentic reactions that you would see your friends or your family go through. And I think that's, what's so compelling about the show. And, and I only joined watching the show recently. And so I missed old seasons, which to fans of the show, it's just sacrilegious, <laughs> but there, there is also kind of a, an actual religious character, right? In this one where there's a priest. Yeah. In season two, there's a big story arc where one of the characters, Peggy, um, I mean, apologies if you haven't seen it, but she, um, basically gives birth to a child out of wedlock What? and, um, like she, like nobody knows, but the priest like finds out. So the whole season, he like his primary goal is to get her to reconcile herself with God. Um, so it's this priest character chasing her down, and um, it's. Re- I mean, he has some. He basically like explains the gospel in one episode. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty amazing that wow um, something like that would happen. I mean, and and like Roxy said, because it's Mad Men and it's like real characters or that seem real. Um, I mean, not even he escapes, um, coming off completely good because, uh, it's one of the other great things about the show is it's set in a distinctly historical backdrop. Mm -hmm. So you'll see like how characters respond to these huge historical events, like, you know, the death of JFK and Marilyn Monroe. And then, um, the final episode of season two is set against the Cuban missile crisis. So everyone's completely freaked out. And the priest has like this moment of panic that, basically Peggy's going to die and go to hell. Mm. Um, so he basically confronts her and said like, seriously, you're going to hell and she doesn't respond well. Wow. But yeah, so it's, it asks really, really big questions. Anyway, that show, uh, the write up, uh, on all of these shows and kind of really delving into it goes a lot deeper than we just did. And it's really fascinating and interesting. Uh, we like TV and we thought this was a good time to talk about it. 
Other highlights in the issue, there's actually a really cool music lineup in this issue. Um, starting with The Drop. Um, Chad, cue this up. Well, let's listen to uh, some of these. The Drop is where we like to spotlight breakout artists that are kind of buzzing right now, and uh, The Civil Wars falls into that category. It's um, two artists that you may know uh, individually. Joy Williams, who's been in the music industry for a long time, teamed up with John Paul White and formed The Civil Wars. Here's, here's a clip. People who knew Joy Williams' music 10 years ago might be surprised at how, how different and yeah. great the Civil Wars is. Yeah, um, it, She was definitely entrenched in the CCM industry, left it, um, and, and kind of reinvented herself musically, and it's really cool. Um, we also got a chance to talk to Joanna Newsom, which was cool because she doesn't do that uh, many interviews, but um, she you get only a little bit of or a few of her answers in this article but like roxy and i were reading them and um her answers sound like like her answers to questions about like mythology and place and archetypes like they sound like someone who obviously went to school and like was a literature major yeah she's just incredibly articulate and thoughtful and she'll take you places you never expected to go just by asking her a simple question about her influences or something. Yeah. So. Favorite color. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, but it's really interesting though. Cause she talked a lot about how, um, she taps into kind of this American sense of myth and legend. And she's really interested in the kind of images that you can evoke in a song where you just mention like one thing or one concept. And that image evokes a whole rash of emotions and other images that flood in. So mm. she really likes the power of words um, to be able yeah. to communicate a whole bunch of meanings just in one image. And she makes some great music. Here's a little bit of it. Uh, features um, Brett McCracken, who's written for us for a long time, has a new book uh, that just came out about uh, hipster Christianity. Christianity. And uh, we, we want him to write a piece uh, for us, kind of holding up the mirror to our own subculture and uh, peers and kind of kind of take an evaluation of, of uh, this movement of Christianity that we're a part of. It's a really interesting thing piece. Yeah, it really is. And I, I think um, when you read it, you'll be challenged by certain parts of it and really encouraged like, by others. Like mad? Like, like defensive? Yeah, a little. I mean, there's yeah. parts of it where he, he he pokes some some bears that maybe we haven't thought about or we just sort of brush off like, oh, it doesn't matter if I care about what I look like or if I hang out with my friends and drink or whatever. Like he, he really says, you know, there's, there's aspects of cool and of hipster that have helped Christianity, like our attention to detail and our love for art and for beautiful things. But he said, there's things about, um, the hipster movement or the cool movement that, that collide with Christianity and don't necessarily mesh. So yeah. it's a good article and it I really think is. it'll shake you up a little. Yeah, yeah it's good. I, I don't know. 
what more we can say without just <laughs> giving it oh, away. Right. Yeah, giving away or, or interviewing him or something. But yeah, well, he'll be on the podcast in a few weeks. Well, there you go. There you yeah, go. that well, that's what you call synergy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we also uh, talked to the Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. The dad of um, the lead singer the lead just, singer died. just died. Yeah, last yeah. week. He was the lead time. singer for the Call, that like sort yeah. of Christian band. Yeah, he runs sound for Black Rebel, and he died in a show in Belgium. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I saw that the lead singer of The Call died. Yeah. He's also the dad of, of the lead singer the of Black who Rebel. The guy who we interviewed, yeah. yeah. So the lead singer of Black Rebel Motorcycle Club grew up in the Christian scene? Yeah. Well, that explains some parts of their music. Yeah. Yeah, and some of the things he even said in the interview when he talks about worship and rock and roll as religion and things like that, so... Huh. Yeah. You know, you know, there's certain music that you can listen to and it's not overt. You just know that there's that this person, there's, some, there's a story of faith in this person. I mean, you could just, they're not necessarily talking. Yeah. I, I feel that way when I hear the black keys, mm-hmm. I feel, I feel that way when I hear Mumford and Sons, I feel that way. First time I heard, you know, a couple albums ago, heard, um, Kings of Leon, you know, I mean, like there's just enough hints that you're going, they grew up in the church. There's just no question. Mm-hmm. And I feel that way when I listen to their music, too. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to know that they did. Yeah. Well, here's a clip of uh, Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. It seems a little less timely now. Yeah, <clears throat> sort but, of. But when we were putting people the magazine together, <laughs> I mean, the thing that people don't realize about magazines is that we work three, four months out. And, you know, when we were putting this magazine together, we were pretty irate. And a lot of people were pretty irate about the oil spill. Uh, thankfully, in, you know, late July, they plugged the hole. Yeah. And uh, they are working on cleanup. And it, and it looks like, you know, the worst case scenarios will be averted. Yeah. But in the middle of all that, um, we felt that there were some serious moral um, questions that needed to be raised that weren't being raised. Everybody was blaming BP for their negligence. So, but what about the fact that BP was just giving us a product that we demand? Right. right. And that is still something. I mean, that is still timely. We are still, it's not like oil consumption has suddenly dropped because yeah. we, because there was a, massive oil spill i mean it's time to look at we need to look at what at our own oil addiction and and what we can personally do to help and to be fair they're like still they still don't know what happened to like half the oil right they but dissipated uh, well no i was reading about this the other day they think they found the first like ever uh documented underwater current um so they think that they're not sure where all the oil went because they've been testing this one stream and they think they've figured out that there's like all this oil has just gone somewhere like it got underwater yeah pushed yeah out somewhere to yeah. another part of the ocean yeah hmm. huh because they couldn't figure out Almost why like it, the jet stream yeah they couldn't underwater. figure out why it wasn't rising to the top and so they figured they figured out that there's like there might be this layer of oil like trapped between two levels of seawater which I thought part of the reason it wasn't raising to the top was the stuff they were putting in the water. 
oh, that the dispersants, mm -hmm. and it was like keeping it under, oh. which wasn't so necessarily a good thing. So if we erected a huge straw and stuck it down in there, <laughs> maybe and drank a milkshake, yes, or it would come right I'd out. Drink your milkshake. Yeah, I, I like this. I like this story personally because the photos are really cool. Yeah, and That's we paid true. a lot of money for them. <laughs> <laughs> Turn the page. Uh, Jesse Carey, the podcast's own Jesse Carey, who's not on right now, uh, wrote How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yes, and this is the 2010 edition, not to be confused with the original 1937 classic. You'll <laughs> yeah, find some confused. very updated tips um, that are it, relevant for our modern age. It's very Jesse-esque, like, <laughs> like the very first tip. Focus on making a grand entrance. And it might involve a cape. There might be capes. Uh, develop secret handshakes. That's in there. Um, <laughs> be willing to give unsolicited advice. <laughs> Always right. goes over well. Helpful. Uh, he gives tips on dueling. Uh, everyone loves a good back rub. <laughs> That's, you know, very helpful. Uh, and there's, uh, there's uh, quite a few more. So that one's fun. I like that one. Uh, we talked to John C. Riley, actor John C. Riley, who um, most recently was in Cyrus, but it seems like every few months he's in another That's true. indie yeah. comedy. Um, not a Christian, but had some really interesting, th interesting things to say about faith and mm -hmm. yeah. And he grew up in a Catholic, Catholic home, so he just has some thoughts, kind of on, on that, and really about um, just kind of what drives his morality and his ethic, and um, and he talks a lot just about like why he chooses the characters he chooses, mm -hmm. and a lot gives you some behind the scenes stuff on how to do improv and be in a comedy, and so it's kind of fun to talk to him. Uh, we are big fans of Shane Hips, who wrote Flickering Pixels and is, uh, I guess, now a teaching pastor up at Mars Hill in Grand Rapids. Mm -hmm. And we asked him, he has a very interesting vantage point on technology and how it has affected us and how the medium actually changes the message. And, you know, and in, in, uh, I think next month, a film is coming out, The Social Network, that, you know, is about the story of Facebook. And hearing about that, it got us thinking about Facebook. We have a big Facebook following for the magazine, and we do a lot with social media personally and with the magazine. And we thought, man, this, it just wasn't like this, you know, and, and how, it, how Facebook has uh, helped and hurt relationships and just changed things. We approached Shane about the idea of writing on social networking, and, and the piece that he produced is one of the most interesting and thought-provoking pieces I think we've published in a long time. Yeah, I mean, it was it's a really good piece, and he even starts it out just saying that if you make it to the end of this article, you're an impressive and rare breed of human and intellectual Navy SEAL. And he just talks a lot about like the way that our ability to read and think has changed based on the media that we consume now, including social networking and um, other types of of online media and reading and reading and Twitter and all kinds of things. So. And last but definitely not least, we uh, spotlight the social justice organization. These numbers have faces. Surprisingly, this is not a Sesame Street story. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Justin Zarati started These Numbers Have Faces, and he started it after going to South Africa while he was in college. And then he came back to, um, to work on his um, graduate degree. And he just really kept thinking about how easy it was for him to get an education and how difficult it was for those that he'd talked to in South Africa. And he was specifically working with kids um, in a soccer league. So he just started um, this organization where they work to get um, scholarships for students throughout South Africa. And um, 
they work with a soccer league and um, a dance fellowship. Um, so for both uh, boys and girls, and he talks a lot about why getting um, girls into post-secondary education is such an important part of South Africa's future. So, Very cool. There's more in the issue. There's recommends. There's- Ooh, can I talk about a recommend story? Yes. Like a little behind the scenes thing. Um, Cameron made an allusion earlier to how far in advance we work. And this is a perfect example because our kid fires the suburbs, which has been obviously hugely successful and everyone's heard it and we all love it. Um, when we were writing this, um, it was nowhere to be found because they didn't want it to leak. So they weren't giving it to anyone, even journalists. Um, so our writer actually had to go into the studio or to the press office in New York city, sit in a room and just listen to it on speakers and then write a review. <laughs> so that's somehow this sometimes how this works. Yeah. So, uh, recommends are definitely worth checking out. It's a really cool lineup this issue especially uh slices some statements and other things goodies in there support us by uh buying it on retail stores nationwide there should be in a bunch of Barnes and nobles and borders and other places if you can't find it you can always get it on our at our website uh relevantmagazine.com you can also subscribe it's only 12 bucks it's only 12 bucks and and you get a free cd uh, when you subscribe. So it's like you, you pay 12 bucks for a CD and get a year relevant for free. It's true. <laughs> so check it out. Uh, all right. Up next, feedback. Thanks, Roxy. You're listening to Tamale Impala. No, you no no you're not. You're listening to Tame Impala. <laughs> Did you do that on purpose? Oh. Oh, that's funny. I, I mixed I kind of skimmed a little too quickly. <laughs> um, so, but I would like somebody to make a band called Tamale Impala. That would be good. Uh, the song is Solitude is Bliss and it's playing right now on relevant.fm. I feel like that would be like punk mariachi. Tamale Impala. Which would be pretty awesome. That would be awesome. It's time for your feedback. Last week, we asked you, our editorial question of the week was, what do you do for your me time? Me time. Me time. You went over to relevantmagazine.com and clicked on the podcast episode page, and you posted your replies there. Here are a few of our favorites. Well, J.J. Carlson says that he either uses his free time to improve his design skills, which he does uh, volunteer work for a nonprofit, but uh, also he plays board games on his PS3. And he goes on to acknowledge how lame it is to play board games <laughs> on the PS3. Does he literally sell, set the board game on the PS3? Yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it's basically, he doesn't have a coffee table. Yeah, he uses his table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he wants to raise it off the floor. If it's he like Kramer's, you know, a coffee table book, but it's a PS3 <laughs> coffee table. Tim says, I honestly spend my me time in the bathroom. <laughs> Seriously, it's the only place where I can think and have a break. I don't always necessarily use the bathroom. I sometimes just go in and pretend that I'm using the oh, bathroom. Oh, Come that's on. weird. But in reality, <laughs> I'm talking to myself, listening to my MP3 player, or reading. Mock me all you want. I'm a man. I can take it. That's just lazy. Sorry, Tim. That's that's <laughs> strange. That's honestly that's 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 creep status. Like, do you not have a bedroom? Yeah. 
Like, yeah, is there not another room in your house? You don't have a yard or somewhere to like walk some or place, go sit in your car. Some place that people don't relieve themselves. There's got to be some place in your home. There's germs. Yeah. Like I yeah. said, just go sit in the car. Like, yeah. There's a radio you, in there. I'm sure you've got a closet. Yeah. Yeah. Any place besides the bathroom. <laughs> Tim, go you hang out in the closet. Too much about yourself. <laughs> well, but I'm saying, if someone... If, okay, say you met someone and they're like, I hang out in the closet a lot. And you're like, well, that's kind of weird. They're like, yeah, it's the only place in my house I can get away. And you're like, all right, fair enough. But if they're like, I hang out in the bathroom all the time. <laughs> they're gonna just that's think like, it's like a profile of, of a psychopath. Yeah. You know? Well, you just, you're going to give the impression to anybody who is around you at work, at home, that either you're lazy or have serious digestive issues. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, and the real question for Tim is when he pretends, does he always flush? Because that's not good for the environment. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So is, he just, is he just wasting water in there? Tim, I, Tim, I think you need to reconsider your stewardship. Because he's either fake, because he's only got three options. Okay, if you go to the bathroom and there's no, you, you don't hear either a flush, the sink on, because you could be like brushing your teeth or something, right. or the shower on, Yeah. then what on earth are you doing in there? <laughs> well, so, and, so he's wasting water. Either way, he's disguising this. Right. He's also got to have a cushioned toilet seat. Has to, because otherwise the there's no way you're when you sit down. There. Goes, Psst. yeah, exactly, <laughs> and then like kind of sticks to you afterwards, and it's weird. Yeah. My grandmother, what, what oh, they stop everyone's grandma had one. Yeah, I think as soon as all of us grew up and started realizing that cushioned toilet seats were disgusting. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it was the World War II generation that you know they just it started to appreciate the little things yeah. in life after. Well, maybe the, great, the greatest generation came up with the the. Uh, uh, cushion toilet seat. Yeah. Uh, who like the you know the furry toilet seat covers? You yeah, know yeah. that were like fabric and <laughs> almost like shag carpeting. Uh-huh. Like how is that sanitary? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what do you take that off and wash it? If you don't wash that like daily, yeah. I mean that is just a that's bacteria we, trap. We always had one growing up. Yeah. That's gross. It's just, you had a furry toilet seat. Yeah, you did. No, no, a toilet no, no, seat no, cover. cover like for the lid. For the lid. Oh, that'd, be awesome. yeah, yeah. that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome though. A furry. furry toilet seat. That's weird. <laughs> Talk about a sociopath. It's suede. That's luxurious. Now, what if we're sitting here saying all this about Tim? We walk into his throne room, and he has like a suede padded toilet seat. Yeah. He's, he's got a TV installed. That's true. He has surround sound. I mean, maybe he's got a pretty epic little kingdom in there. That's true. He and might. here, we're just imagining something gross. Yeah. Well, you know where you know where I have an epic little kingdom? My living room. <laughs> Like a normal person, <laughs> you know what? You know where I got my Xbox, my MP3 player, my TV, my living room. So that's my hobby. All right, Herbert says that he spends Herbert. his free time. Uh, <laughs> you don't uh, hear that Herbert, name very often. Yeah. It's, it's Herb. I mean, maybe he goes by Herb. He's seventy-eight years old. Leave him alone. <laughs> no, oh, it's Hebert. It's Hebert. That's better. How is that better? I don't know. <laughs> 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 um, by the way, I, w- I don't know why this, this even came to me. I was thinking today, like, I want to I meet a guy who's, who just goes by Murph. <laughs> like, I want to have a friend named Murph. And I'd be like, hey, Murph, what's up? And he would just be like a dude with a mustache. You know, he, he would be like Ron Burgundy, but his name would be Murph. I'd hang out with a dude named Murph. Yeah. I, I think Murph would be the type of guy that, you know, everyone kind of has as a friend that none of the wives like when Murph's around <laughs> because he's kind of a creep, you know, but all the dudes want to have a Murph night every Well, because he knows he has connections everywhere. Yeah. You know, he yeah, everybody always, knows Murph. Yeah. He, he can get the table when nobody else can get it. You walk into a place, he gets greeted, you know. He's the kind of guy who has a bar in his basement. Yeah. 
Like exactly. with a lot of neon exactly. signs. Yeah. And he has a sign that says Murph's place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That he had custom made. Yeah. Yeah, or just Murphs. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Hebert is quite at the level of Murph, but <laughs> if, if if there's any listeners out there that names Murph, please please write in. Yeah, we'd like to know what kind of person you are. What does Herbert do? Uh, Herbert likes to watch Family Feud and clap at the colored coordinated families on there. Uh, a couple people like to run. Pete likes to run, and um, he says that once he was running. And where he runs, a lot of guys wore really short shirt, short shorts and no shirts. And once at 6 a.m., he ran by a guy, ran by a guy that was wearing flesh-colored shorts. Stop and, it. And he thought he was naked. Mm-hmm. And so he's trying not to make eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> but then he realized he had shorts on. They were just flesh-colored. I think Murph has flesh-colored shorts, and he just owns it. <laughs> but see, Murph jogs in the flesh-colored jogging shorts, but a full turtleneck. Yeah, oh, exactly. <laughs> A ribbed one. And and a couple chains. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With medallions. Yeah. And he's really and he's, yeah, he's not really yeah. out there for exercise. No. He's trying to meet people. <laughs> trying to meet the ladies out there. Murph don't exercise. You know, Murph don't need to exercise. Yeah, I, I picture Murph like a combination of like Kenny Powers and Ron Burgundy. <laughs> but he would never have those jumping shoes. Yeah. Murph's too cool for those. Yeah, he doesn't need those because Murph don't exercise. Yeah, Murph don't need to exercise. <laughs> okay, do we have Murph a was born this way? Do we have a call? Hi, uh, my name is Gabriel Christensen, uh, longtime listener to the podcast. Uh, two things: number one, question of the week. Uh, me, my me time is chilling out on a late Friday night. Um, drinking beer with my little beagle puppy that I just got and watching obscure Netflix movies that none of my friends want to watch. It generally ends up being like weird chick flicks or really creepy movies. So, I think we found Murph. Anyway, uh, that's what I do. But it, anyway, tracks me up. Love you guys. Uh, look forward to it every week. Uh, keep up the good work. Bye. <laughs> the dude drinks beer with his beagle and watches beagle puppy and watches weird chick flicks. Yeah, and so, and, and so he says none of his friends want to hang out and yeah. watch these weird movies. Can you imagine if someone called and was like, "I, I this is how I picture the conversations go- going. Someone's like, hey, do you want to come over for a drink? And you're like, okay, my beagle puppy's going to be there. All, all right. You want to watch a weird chick flick? No. <laughs> no, no. No. No, but 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 to be fair, the question was me time. You know what I mean? Oh, that's true. True. Everyone's okay. got their thing. Yeah. You know? So he says, I drink beers with my beagle. Is he giving beer to the beagle? <laughs> this is this is what I'm concerned about. Do we need to call Hopefully the not. Okay. Yeah. Do we need I, to call I, Sarah McLaughlin? Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. I didn't I didn't think that people would listen to us for their me time. I feel a little more responsible for giving him something quality to listen to. Nah. And besides, all you're doing is talking to some guy in his bathroom right now. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right now, Tim. Hey, Tim. He probably turned us off. And, and, <laughs> yeah. He switched gears. He's, he's reading a magazine Hey, or Tim, something. time to flush. Everyone's getting suspicious. Oh. Sorry, he just stood up. Yeah, Tim, you're the... going on 45 minutes. <laughs> Give her a courtesy flush. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that'll do it for your uh, feedback of how you spend your me time. If you want to join the conversation, go over to the website and click on last week's podcast episode. You can uh, add your two cents right there. 
Okay, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Editorial question of the week. Hey. Well, earlier in the podcast, uh, Jesse brought a slice about improv everywhere and how they do random uh, flash mob social disturbances. Yeah, hmm. there's no social awareness. There's no, yeah, there's no reason. <laughs> yeah, they're no not really reason. for a cause, just to mess with people. So, so it got us thinking. I mean, that that's pretty challenging. I mean, to come up with the idea of like going and hanging out and swimming in the at the beach. Wearing formal wear, but not acting like it. I mean, who thinks of this stuff? So we wanted to know from you, like, what what ideas should be next? What would you? What would you like? Do? If you were to gather a group of two hundred people to go do something to stand out, what would it be? Yeah. Okay. So go over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Right there in the uh, comments, you can leave your feedback. You can also call into the podcast hotline at four zero seven six six zero one four one one. Extension one two six, and we will read our favorite uh, replies and play our favorite messages on the podcast next week. You know, one cool thing before we wrap up this week, right now, the day that you're listening to this Friday that the podcast comes out will be the day that we debut our new studio here at our offices. We have, we're building out a big pr- production facility in the back, and uh, John Mark McMillan is coming in. And performing, and we are videoing it uh, or taping it for the podcast. So that's coming up. That'll mm-hmm. be a lot of fun. And so I figured that's a pretty good way to kick off our new studio space. Yeah. But we're actually going to be moving the podcast back there. And our can we record on the on the orange couch? Actually, well, hmm. well, actually, Chad and I, maybe Chad and I, very seriously, well, there are th- three different, four different sets. Mm-hmm. And there's one that's really cool, the couch one that you're talking about, and. Uh, Chad and I are talking about what if we recorded the podcast on the couch and actually filmed it and did a video podcast, did it live. But I usually don't wear pants. Well, yeah. and you're you're backwards snuggy, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, that's what we're thinking about. And we have a big flat screen TV. We could put Jesse's face on it and uh, Skype him in video. We could get sponsors and they could send us clothes and stuff. So, so <laughs> Chad, I like that. Chad and I, I are, Chad and I are like you know playing around with some tweaks to the production strategy but um we might in the coming months test this by doing a live podcast where people can actually call in live it'll be streaming live video and audio people can interact with us so we'll maybe try it out as a special thing Mm -hmm. see how it goes so maybe maybe if you uh think that that's a good idea for us to try and you would like to be part or you would actually think it something you would watch or listen to Maybe leave that in the the comments too, uh, on on the podcast episode page. I'm curious. I'm just yeah, curious. Well, like if they have ideas for segments. Yeah, I'm like, I'm we're we're open minded to doing using the new f- production facilities. We're open, we're open to doing a video podcast. And, but I, it's going to be a lot of work, so I don't want to do it if people actually don't want it. So yeah, uh, let point. us know what you think. Let us know what you think about that idea. All right. On that note, we'll wrap it up. Uh, many thanks to Roxy for coming through. Talking about the new issue, it's out now. Uh, you can subscribe online, get a free CD, uh, or you can pick it up at bookstores everywhere. Um, Jesse, uh, good job with the NFL preview. Hope your Jets do well. Oh, thank you. All right, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Maya Strang. I'm Ryan Ham. I'm Jesse Carey. We'll see you next week.
ones we've been waiting for. We hold steady, steady of the step. I don't got tempi, cause it matter, doesn't matter if I came before. We give the death to settle scores, just the metal either. Thanks for listening to the Relevant Podcast. For more, go to relevantmagazine.com. To a suffering. Huh. The past is down. Scream back in heaven. For testing us like Wednesdays at 11. Want to recruit and train us to act evilly. Save it for the shooting. Da 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 da